I'm lead pastor Noel Petgrass, and welcome to the Exeter Valley Church podcast. Our church plant started in 2021 with the goal of seeing God's kingdom extended in our hometown. If you're curious about Jesus, looking for a home in the family of God, or feel called to be a part of a kingdom expansion in Exeter, California, we'd love to have you join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. in the Veterans Memorial Building at 324 North Cahuilla Avenue. For more information, head on over to www.exetervalleychurch.com or find us on social media. Thanks for listening. We we planted this church, um, or or maybe I should say God planted this church uh, in our living room in uh, 2021. Um, we were six families at the time. Um, and I, I went back to make sure I was right. There were, there were six of us. And uh, at that time, we were meeting in our living room. Uh, we, we had kind of, we had cast the vision for a new church in Exeter um, in the spring. And we were kind of like praying throughout the summer, met multiple times throughout the summer, trying to get to know one another, praying about what God would want to do. And, and finally, at the end of August, um, this pregnancy this baby, so to speak, that was being carried inside of us was just pushing its way out. And yes, that's a prophetic word for you, Rebecca. We're, we're praying that your baby would be pushed out as well. <laughs> um, but by August, it was like, we got to start meeting every week on Sundays. And so we consider the last Sunday in August to be our start date, but we started in our living room. Actually, we started in the Plyman's uh, backyard. Uh, we rotated uh, amongst several houses and finally said, well, we should have a consistent place. So we met at our house, um, which was really great. It, it forced all of us to keep the house clean. Um, and, uh, and then uh, in, in the fall of 21, um, I got Devin Stout because, you know, Devin's got a shop over here and I figured he knew the downtown area. I got Devin. I was like, Devin, find us a building, man find us a building. And so I remember um, coming into this place in sometime like late November of 2021. And uh, I have some pictures up here. Nan, can you start? Um, so that's us in our living room. There we go. Okay. All right. Um, and then uh, next picture, Nan. Yeah. So, okay. So this was the U-Turn Youth Center. Uh, that's what this was called. Uh, this was actually an old bar called the Emperor Club. I won't ask you to raise your hand if you remember that, but um, after it was the Emperor Club, a pastor in town uh, bought it and turned it into a youth center. Um, this is what it looked like when we took possession of it. Um, it was like kind of, it was, you know, I, I don't know, dilapidated might be too strong of a word, but it needed some TLC. Um, go to the next slide. So here's what it looked like on the inside. So that's like looking from the front door in, in the inside. Um, yeah, God in his sovereignty decided that we should get rid of the sponge paint brick um, on, on that one wall. Uh, there's a picture here in the corner of like there was this um, DJ station from when it had been like a bar and it had a, a Chevy Cadillac front grill like right on the edge of the DJ station. One of my one of my so one of my favorite things is like so Devin and I are we go back just because of small groups or whatever and the thing I love the most about Devin is you can get him excited about new things and uh, Devin walked into this building and looked at me and he's like well if you don't start a church here I'm going to turn it into a um, 
speakeasy. <laughs> so one or the other, what's it going to be? Pastor Don would not go for the speakeasy, so we decided to start a church. Um, but it was, it was so fun to like dream dreams of what this building could be. And, and uh, I mean, honestly, like, you know, because, uh, yeah, it's just like, you know, yeah, like <laughs> those dreams have come true. And uh, I remember in the process that we were, um, we were debating, should we do it? We were like, ah, it needs a lot of work, and it's small. We're going to be out of it in no time. Um, Devin was full of faith. He kept telling me, you just, it's too small. You know, you're going to be out of it in no time. And we were praying and praying. And I remember one day God turned me to Isaiah, uh, Isaiah 61, I think, right? Um, <laughs> fact check me here. It's Isaiah 61, I'm, I'm pretty sure. But in Isaiah 61, there's this phrase about um, the uh, Lord's anointing coming, and uh, it talks about rebuilding the ancient ruins. And we just, we feel like this, what's happened here is a picture of who, what God is like. This building was old, dilapidated, it had fall out, fallen out of use, and God came in, breathed his life on it, and now look at it. And we feel like, you know, and that's not to like toot our own horns, we feel like when we do works of restoration and, and works of beauty, we're imaging Christ to the world. And that's something that I want to keep like close to our hearts. You know, I want to be the kind of people that when we touch things with the love of Jesus, like beauty is produced. And that beauty, it doesn't bring us glory. The beauty is always to bring him glory. And so anyways, I, the, the old sound booth is hilarious because I had barely met Steve Zyback, didn't know him all that well, like a couple months. Some of you know Steve. Steve can tear out a sound booth. Man, this guy, you give him a hammer and you're in trouble. It was super impressive. Um, but it, you know, and, and um, Andy, uh, we had like a, we were trying to get it ready for Christmas Eve service. Um, and and uh, Andy and I were, you know, both being teachers, you know, we had a week off. And Andy, Andy was down here, man. A lot of the little stuff is because of Andy. He's really good at painting. Just ask Amy. But we were touching things up. I mean, if you look closely, you'll see holes in the, in the building that we patched up. Um, but, you know, it's just a lot of fun to come together and do something together. And, and I'm going to be talking a little bit about the story of the Israelites journeying through the desert and to the promised land this morning. Um, and, and there's like this part in the story where they decide to build the tabernacle, you know, which is like the tent, the, the temple tent, right? And uh, I was, you know, like... They call all the people who have skills, the craftsmen and all that. And then these people have been wandering in the desert and somehow they've got all these like valuable materials, you know. And I just think, you know, when God's got a task, it's amazing to see how he uses people to accomplish his task. And some people like Steve would never stand up here. If you know Steve, Steve would be the last person to talk in church to, to be like put out. But gosh, you give him a hammer. He knows how to serve the Lord with a hammer. So really cool. Um, you know, I remember uh, Maggie coming down here with Megan to help decorate for Christmas Eve service. And uh, it was pouring down rain. And um, they were like, we need Christmas trees. Go to Save Mart and get Christmas trees. Of course, Exeter Save Mart did not have Christmas trees at that time. So I had to go to the Save Mart at, at Ben Maddox. They had Christmas trees, the best deal ever, $14 Christmas trees. And so I, I piled five Christmas trees on top of our minivan in the pouring rain. You know, I got a Save Mart employee who's taking his cigarette break. <laughs> He's the only employee who would go outside to help me tie them down. And I thought, this is church planning, I guess. I'm soaking wet, Christmas trees on top of my van. But we had 65 people in this place on Christmas Eve. 
pretty crazy. So these are the pictures. This is this was like our best effort up to that point to get it to look nice. You know, we worked really hard to get it to this spot right here. Um, yeah, we didn't have a band at that time. Megan led worship a cappella. We sang a bunch of we sang like eight songs, all led by Megan uh, Christmas Eve. Anyways, is I, I remember when all the people started showing up, I started thinking to myself, like, dang, we better get our acts together. This is, you know, this is real. We're not in our living room anymore. Uh, we've, got, we've got people who want to show up. And, uh, and then the first Sunday in January, again, huge crowd. Um, like our ba- we're like, oh, my gosh, all these guests. And um, I, I preached on Jesus teaching in Matthew 5, divorce and, and remarriage. <laughs> I know, I just preached on that again. Uh, I was like, I didn't know anything about what I was preaching on at that point in time. So I thought I'd give it another go 65 sermons later or whatever. Anyways, this picture, uh, this next picture is February. This is literally everybody that showed up February. Um, I think it was like, it was the first weekend in February. There was this huge wave of, of coronavirus in town. We had like at Wilson School, we had like over a third of our students out with uh, with COVID. So... Anyways, I was like, oh, dang, are we planting a church or am I killing it? I don't know what's happening here. Um, these are the faithful few right here, right? Um, I remember looking at Noah and saying, well, I don't think we really need a kids program today. You could just, like, your kids behave. Anyways, but we, we started to grow. We didn't stay like this. And, and so uh, God was super kind to, to grow us slowly um, and steadily. We, uh, we made gradual improvements to the building and now it looks like it, it looks right now to the point where we're, we're like super sad to be leaving this building, aren't we? Like I know it's exciting about what God's going to do, but it's also there's a sense of sadness. Um, th- just to put it in perspective, um, you know, like we grew to the extent that by 2022, we could no longer hold the Christmas Eve service in here. And so we went to Merriman Station. Uh, you guys all invited your friends and family. We had 160 plus people at Merriman Station a year later. So um, like, well, look what God has done. This is super cool. I, wanna, I just want to go back and remember and remember. Um, well, so uh, early this year, we realized we have a space issue. And uh, we, were, we got a bunch of guys in this church that know how to build stuff. And so we're like, all right, maybe we'll convert that gas station right there, which everybody else in the world would tear that thing down but us. <laughs> we're like, maybe Don will pay for the materials. That's our landlord. And we'll rehab it. And we, like, I had, you guys were ready to go. I had guys ready to go to do that. And, um, and then we just realized, oh, I don't know if that's it. Maybe we shouldn't do that. And then we started talking with another church about meeting in their space. We thought, well, maybe this is it. I told everybody, like, I think we're going to go start meeting at this other church. Um, and, and, and then, oh, no, maybe we should just stay here because maybe God's really trying to grow us internally. You know, maybe, you know, we're not supposed to be in a season of external grow- growth. Maybe we're supposed to be in a season of internal growth, becoming tighter as a family, equipped for further ministry. So let's just stay tight. We'll just hold on. We'll see what, what God does. I called uh, Don Bowles, our landlord, four weeks ago. And I said, Don, we don't want to remodel the gas station. Um, we think we might move out by year's end, but we don't know. And Don was like, okay, well, let's just pray and wait on the Lord. Two weeks later, Don walked in the door one afternoon while I was here working, and Don said, put a letter uh, from the city on, my, uh, on the table in front of me and said, the Lord has answered your prayers. It's time to move out. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I don't want to go long in detail, but I, the city is not the enemy. 
we decided not to go through the steps needed in order to um, in order to get the permitting that would allow us to meet here as a church officially. And so once we made that decision, they were like, we have to enforce fines now. We're, our liability is on the line. So anyways, we really feel like it's not bad city. That's not what happened. They were actually very patient with us. A year and a half, they let us stay in the permit process. Um, but we feel like God has, has showed up and said, it's time to move. And so this morning, I want to talk about um, moving for more. And uh, I'm going to um, use Joshua 3, 1 through uh, chapter 4, verse 9, um, to talk about uh, really what I think are three of the most uh, prominent or most uh, repetitive commands in Scripture. Um, uh, so last weekend at uh, Celebration, Pastor Jared Turner of Radiant Church Tulare, he, um, he, was, he was charging us to move into the promised land together. And the theme was we're better together, and he was talking about how the Israelites moved into the promised land, and he, um, he was in Numbers 32, and so I'm reading Numbers 32. I went on to Numbers 33, and I noticed this week in Numbers 33, and if you want to look it up, you can, you can count them for yourself, but I, I counted, so PE teacher math here, I counted 35 times as it's recounting the story of the Israelites. It says, and they camped, and they camped and they can't, and they can't, and they can't. And I felt like this week in prayer, one of the things that God was saying was that we're to be ready for a season of camping. Now, some of you love camping. That's great. Good for you. I do not like camping because my life is hard enough already, right? There's no sense going to try and make it harder. You take away the bathrooms, take away a mattress. It's like hunger games, you know? Like, I, I don't need my life to be harder. But I, I do want to just, I, I, I feel like we're, we're entering into a season where, you know, we've been lucky as a church plant to have a space that we don't have to set up every week. Most church plants start in a much more mobile setup. So we're kind of going backwards here. God allowed us, I think, to build a family, to create a team. And I think we're ready now to do the camping thing. We got people who know how to set up tents and that sort of thing. And uh, we, we will have a place that we meet every week, but it's going to be something where we have to set up and tear down a little bit each week. And so why is God moving us, and why are we excited about it? Why would I be excited about going to the memorial building? We could have chosen to meet at churches where we could have had maybe a little bit more permanent setup. And, and the bottom line is that I believe that God is moving us for more. More of what? More of what? Well, more people, perhaps. There's 350 chairs at the memorial building. We have 68 right here. <laughs> There's more space, kids' classrooms, some more people. But you know what? For sure, I can guarantee you he's, he's moving us towards more of himself. You know, that we, we planted this church with a prophetic promise. That I, I still remember, I think the Plymans were with us. Jason and Allie were with us at the park. Maybe Jacqueline and Noah. I, that's my memory. And we were praying, like, right after we called these folks to join us on this crazy journey. And um, we, I got a picture in prayer of the water tower in Exeter bursting from the bottom and the water flooding the streets of our town. And I felt like in that moment, God said, I want to pour out my spirit like this water and flood every street. I want to touch every last place, every last uh, nook and cranny with my spirit. And so um, there's more. God's not done. Like, this is cool. 
It's great. And we could just enjoy this for a long time. And some of you maybe are even afraid, like, I like a small church. I like our building. It's right next door, huh, Bruce? (laughs) But God's like, no, I've got more for you. I'm not done yet. So I wanted to take a look at these, uh, these three commands that are they're very prominent in Scripture. And I want to I go through Joshua 3 and 4 to help us understand what I believe God is calling us to in this next season. So the commands, I'll just start right up front. The commands are, oh, there's more pictures, yes. The commands are not up there. Go to the next one, see if that one works. Oh, okay. I had a really nice slide. It only took me 30 minutes to make that slide. Um, <laughs> The, the three commands I'm going to talk about this morning are go. God says that a lot in the Bible. Go. I say it every Sunday, practically. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, right? The second command is, uh, I think, this is the most used command in Scripture. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. I think that's the most prominent, most used command in Scripture. And then thirdly, what I think is the second most used command in scripture, remember. We do this every Sunday. We remember his body, his broken body, and his poured out blood. The Christian faith is a a faith of going, of not being afraid, and of remembering. And so I'm going to read Joshua 3 uh, and 4. I'm going to read it. It's super long, so I'm not going to make you all stand and read out loud together. But you can turn in your Bibles if you'd like to. Um, Normally we stand to read, I know. I just felt like I could probably go a little faster if I do it. 3-1, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, (laughs) where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, Take up the ark of the covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the ark of the covenant, When you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. See, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan, while the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground. 
while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe. And he said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is uh, to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, What do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua, and they carried them over with them to their camp, where they put them down. Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood. And they are there to this day. I guess I should say this is the word of the Lord. <laughs> so first off, it's time to go. It says in, uh, in, in three, uh, verse 3, you are to move out. The, uh, the people of God had been nomadic. They had been wandering ever since their time in Egypt. They, they stopped for a bit, about a year at Sinai. They're wandering some more, and now it's time to cross the Jordan River. Do you know that they were, uh, they were, they were in the wilderness for how long? Do you guys know the answer to that question? About, about 40 years. About 40 years. You think that um, things, you know, move slowly with God. Imagine waiting 40 years for God to move. So now it's time to move. And... Uh, you know, it was in June 2020 where Megan and I heard these words in prayer. We, we were um, in the middle of COVID. Uh, my mom had just died a few months earlier. That was now my mom and my dad were gone. They had both died in, in, in about 20 months' time. And in June 2020, with this pregnancy, right, not a real pregnancy, we're done with those, but with, with, the, with this idea of a church plant pregnant in our in our bellies in prayer we heard the Lord say go green light now's the time and uh, and we started uh, gathering a team and uh, you know I just wanted to say I mean I, I don't have like I, I'm not going to be super long this morning but um, like going when God gives a green light has always been the way of Exeter Valley Church at least it's been the way that we've tried to be to the best of our ability, and we're at another moment, aren't we, where God is saying, go. And uh, one of the things that cropped up really quickly for us as we heard this word, go, is uh, there's like a lot of fear that starts to crop up. Like, how is this going to happen? Um, you know, in this story, uh, what does it say about the Jordan? It says that it was about harvest time. It was, it was flood season. What does that mean? When you're trying to cross a river, crossing it in flood season is not the ideal time. Planting a church in the middle of COVID did not seem like the ideal time. Churches were closing. My parents had just died. There were a lot of reasons to think, no, we're not going. We are not going. 
but God said go. And uh, when God says go, you go. And uh, so then the question that, that raises up in our heads is like, well, who's going to go with us? We, we don't want to do this alone. And we felt like the Lord had said, build a team. I feel like that was like the directive that the Lord had given us, people to live on mission with, people to go with. And so in the um, spring now of 2021, so it took us about eight months to metaphorically pack up and actually go. I don't know if that's delayed obedience or if that's just the speed that God works at. We were trying to go. So in the spring of 2021, we, we had a couple vision nights in our backyard. After the first vision night, um, you know, we're like, it, we're like, I wonder, maybe a family or two will say yes. Hopefully, we're going to have to really recruit, you know, these vision nights. The next morning, we had the first six families. Well, really five. The Watsons were, were yet to come. But the next morning, five families said, yeah, we'll go with you. And uh, that's one thing that uh, I love about Exeter Valley Church. And I tell people this all the time, and, and maybe I'm bragging on you. I don't know. But um, to me, Exeter Valley Church, like there's, we, we may not be the most gifted, you know, like we got, Jake can play music really great. So we got one at least, you know, and, and God's adding to our number others. Come on, Jeff. Um, you know, and, and I mean, I'm just a PE teacher turned pastor. Um, whoops, I don't know which one, Siri. Um, but, but you know what gift has led the day at Exeter Valley Church? We actually are really gifted. We have the gift of faith. There's an enormous faith gift at Exeter Valley Church. And what we found as we invited other people in was that that faith gift was leading the way, that there were other people who just had a faith, like a simple faith that God wanted to do something fresh in Exeter. And so they said yes uh, to us that day. Super awesome. You know, faith leads me into the next command because faith is the opposite or the antidote, however you want to look at it, to fear. Right? When we get afraid, it's often more faith that's what needed. I, I love this about God. He recognizes our fear. You know, so many times I try to act like I'm not afraid. I don't know if anyone can relate to that, but maybe it's just a male thing. It might be a male thing. Like fear is like the, you, the afraid is like the worst thing that you could be as a male. And so many times I try to act like I'm not afraid. And I think God sees that, doesn't he? Which is why do not be afraid is the number one repeated command in scripture. Do not be afraid. And, um, you know, here we have the Israelite people um, breaking camp to cross the Jordan River. And, oh, what do you know? The Jordan River is flooded. They got to be thinking like, ah, oh, once again, Moses, like, what are you leading us towards? And I don't think all these people had taken swim lessons, you know, like they're trying, to, they're, they're, they're encountered with this enormous river flowing really strongly. And, and Joshua gives them the instructions like, no, it's okay. Like, just put your water in and, go, and watch what God does. I'm sorry, put your foot into the water and watch what God does. Can you imagine the fear? So here they are. They're, they're mustering up the courage to go, met with all kinds of fears. And Joshua says, no, just wait. Just watch what happens when the first step is taken. When fear gets, when fear gets in the way, it can, it can block us from seeing God move in power. But when we have faith, and I, I love this story because it, it reminds me a little bit of like kind of like the mantra, maybe Megan and I's thing a little bit is like instead of ready, aim, fire, there's a little bit of like ready, fire, aim, you know, 
as, uh, especially me. I'm a very action-oriented person, for better and for worse. And, and so here these, the, the people of God are being told, go. And they're like, okay, is there a plan? Are you going to show up, Lord? And he shows up, doesn't he? Peels back the waters so that they can walk across on dry ground. God says, do not be afraid. <clears throat> I feel like this morning uh, God is saying the same thing to us as a church. Do not be afraid. And, and I don't know, like I've, I've been met with nothing but like, yeah, we're excited. The memorial building. You guys seem excited to go. We got clapping over here, right? And, and I feel excited. I do. I feel full of faith. I felt excited when Don came in and said, you guys got to move. Um, but I also, if I'm honest, I feel afraid, you know? And, and I, like, for example, like, I'm, I'm scared. Like, this place is really small. It's easy to make it feel full. You know what I'm saying? That building over there is really big. I'm afraid that it's going to feel empty. I'm afraid that we might not be able to fill it up. You get what I'm saying? There's like fear as we step out. And then not only am, am I afraid that we might not be able to fill it up, I'm also afraid, what if we do fill it up? Well, what if God s sends us a bunch of people and now we've got a flock that's grown? And I'm, if I'm honest, I'm, I'm a little bit afraid also of caring for a larger flock, you know? Um, I'm afraid of, of a prominent location, like, it's really cool that the location is prominent. Everyone in Exeter drives by that place probably every day. That's really cool. It's a prominent location. But it's also really scary to step out in faith, not just in a little corner neighborhood, but right in front of everybody. What happens if we step out in faith and people come and, and I flop? You get what I'm saying? Like, we can, our, all of our insecurities come out when we get afraid. Um, but, but amidst the fear, you know, I... I the reason that I'm excited is because, not because of my fears, but because of God's faithfulness. It's an opportunity to put our foot right over the water and say, God, if you don't show up, we're all drowning. And I'm so thankful that it's his faithfulness that wins the day. And I said he's given us a huge faith gift, but it's not even our faith that wins the day. Because our faith is imperfect no matter how gifted you are. His faith always wins the day. I'm so thankful uh, for that, you know. And I was reminded, you know, like living in fear is hard. It's hard to live in fear. Um, and, and so is living by faith, though, too. Like living in fear is hard and living in faith is hard. And so the question is just like, which hard are we going to choose this morning? Are we going to choose to live in faith? And, and have the opportunity to see God part the waters? Or are we going to be overcome uh, by fear? And I, I love already that I know the answer. We're going to live in uh, faith. I'm going I'm I'm to round up with this idea, this third command, which is to remember. To remember. It says in, uh, in chapter 4, verse 6, uh, Joshua tells them to take up, I'm sorry, this is verse 3. He tells them to take up 12 stones. 12 stones, one for each tribe of Israel. And he, he says that these stones are going to be piled up and they're going to serve um, as a sign among you. It says, in the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off. 
before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. God asks his people to remember. And this is where we get the phrase milestone, right? We have many milestones. Graduation is a milestone. Leaving this building is a milestone. But these, setting up these stones of remembrance is powerful. And uh, as we close our time uh, together today, I, just, I thought it would be fitting that we remember God's faithfulness in two distinct ways, both acts of remembrance. Um, you know, first of all, um, I brought some stones. I did not count them. So I hope that there's one for everybody, but there might not be. But we're going we're gonna to stack some stones this morning as an act of this, like, construction of a milestone. Isn't it cool? What's the name of the building we're going to? Yeah. The memorial building. So we're going to set up some stones so that years from now, your kids can look back. These kids will look back. And they'll say, I remember when we got kicked out of that building. And I remember how God showed up. And look at what he's done. The life of faith is a life of, of remembering. The second thing uh, we're going to do this morning, we do every morning that we're together, every Sunday morning, and that's take the Lord's Supper. You know, when Jesus had gathered his disciples for that last meal together, he said, as often as you gather and take this meal, you do so in remembrance of me. This was a good uh, reminder for me today. You know, um, the fact that this promised land that the people of God were headed to, the promises that God is leading us towards, they're never just a place. Yes, God uses people. He uses places. But first and foremost, we're looking for a person. Our promised land is a person. Who's that person, kids? Jesus. And so we remember what Jesus has already done. His broken body and his poured out blood. Hebrews 12. This is one of my favorite passages in scripture. He's <clears throat> talking about the reality of our faith being in a person and not in a place. Something uh, spiritual not something physical. Hebrews 12, uh, verse 18, he says, you have not come to a mountain that can be touched and is burning with fire. You have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. You've come to Jesus, to the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. The people of God were journeying to this promised land. They were looking for a place to call home. But the promised land was only a pointer to the promised person, to their ultimate home in Jesus. And this morning, we remember the broken body and the poured out blood of Jesus. Look, we're not just going to another place. 
We're on a constant journey to Jesus, the person in whom we find ultimate fulfillment. I mean, yes, we, we want to bring others into this family. Yes, we want to have a building someday, maybe a building of our own. I'm not saying we're not going to have those things or, or use those things. We'd like to have resources. But our ultimate prize is not more people or the perfect place to meet. Our ultimate prize is Jesus. He's the promised land. He've not come to a mountain. Or anything that could be touched. We've come to Mount Zion. We've come to God. To Jesus. The mediator of a new covenant. And this morning, we look forward with some fears. Hopefully with some faith. And we look back. We remember what God's already done. How he's already been with us. We remember his broken body and his poured out blood. So this morning, uh, as Jake comes uh, with Chris and Jenny to lead us in the last song, um, I, did, I brought this pail of stones, and oh, I don't know. If this is silly, I'm sorry. I don't think it's silly, though. So I raided my garden for some stones last, uh, this morning. So here's what I want to do. I want to come up and receive the Lord's Supper and remember the broken body the poured out blood of Jesus. And then I want to just offer you the opportunity to pick up a stone and start stacking them on top of this uh, barrel. I've not tried this. They may slip off and fall. I don't know. We'll, we'll navigate it as we go. We'll, we'll pray in faith that the Lord shows up. Um, but I want, to, I want this to be a mile marker for us. I want our kids to be able to look back and say, I remember when we didn't know what we were going to do, when we didn't have a good kid's space, when it was too loud, when we weren't sure where to go next, and we, we moved in faith to this new building, and look how God showed up. So these stones this morning are going to serve as milestones, stones of remembrance. They'll be a symbol. We'll get a little picture taken at the least. Maybe we'll stack these stones at the memorial building somewhere so we can remember the God who's faithful, even in the midst of our fear. Let's pray. Hey, we're so glad you joined us, but don't forget to stay connected, either through our website, our social media, or the Church Center app. Or you know what? Better yet, come join us in person on a Sunday morning. See you soon.